Okay, welcome back, everybody. It has been a solid minute since we've been back with the Fort Walton Beach Fire Brief. It's now January 2022, brand new year. Same old Chiefs talking to you. So um, we want to start off this year. And that's a good thing, right? That's right. That's right. We have tenure here at Fort Walton Beach, and that's a good thing. So we're going to talk of several different topics today, kind of recapping the end of the year, bring you up to speed on what's going on uh, within the city fire department and kind of what we have on tap for the new year. So we're just going to get right into it with uh, end of the year what have we missed since the last podcast up to now in our department and the city, kind of the current event of things? Um, you know, I think overall, when you're, talk, when you're talking about the city at this point, you have to talk about the city as a whole. And I think all of the, the explosion of projects and uh, things that are just happening mm -hmm. uh, across the city and, of course, all these projects and and the uh, redevelopment and new development will will have an effect on all the services in the city, including the fire department. And uh, we just continue to see, uh, you know, some tremendous growth in, in those areas with uh, new uh, commercial uh, neighbors in the in the uh, in the area. With the uh, you know Eglin uh, Federal Credit Union putting one of their huge mm -hmm. operations call centers here. Uh, in the city, we've got some new uh, large stuff that's happening out in our commerce and technology park. Um, the uh, downtown uh, area and downtown master plan continues to move forward uh, with the around the mound and of course the uh, the bridge, the actual Brooks Bridge works, mm -hmm. uh, I think will actually uh, begin sometime uh, this year. So, um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that are happening. Uh, we're, we're very much looking forward to Freedom Beacon Park mm -hmm. uh, breaking ground and starting that construction up there. Uh, They're doing all the groundwork right the city. now, yeah. the roads and the infrastructure. Uh, up there, that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, development up in that area. That uh, should bring a lot of business and activity to the, uh, the north area and the Kenwood uh, area of the city. And so uh, we're just, we're excited about it. We're excited about all the, uh, I guess, the... the redevelopment and growth that, that we're seeing, uh, the excitement in the city about that. And of course, we're preparing as a fire department to address those issues that, that's gonna mm -hmm. come. We have some some, uh, some annexations that are taking place and and uh, and as the uh, the city continues to, to experience these types of growth and, and redevelopment, we expect the density to, to somewhat grow in some of these areas and so we want to make sure that we have the resources that are ready to um, to address emergencies and, and call load and, and those types of things that can uh, definitely uh, come into effect with, a, with an increase in the population. Well I think we can almost guarantee the increased statistics are showing over the last year. Yeah. Just with current events. Yeah. A pretty large increase to Florida the state especially in the panhandle we've True. seen it um, not only with our military around us bringing new people in but just people moving to the state period and a lot of those projects the city in some ways is starting to go vertical yes you know, we're getting the density is is here and um, so we're talking about different plans to address that moving forward and there's a few things I know that are on your radar to start implementing from our standpoint to engage our citizens and hopefully recruit some younger and maybe 
post-military or whoever people into this job. You want to expound on those couple things, the Citizen Fire Academy and the cadet program? Uh, sure, yeah. Let's talk about the, the, the cadet program first. Um, for many, many years, uh, it's been the, the policy, of, uh, not only for Walt Beach, but a lot of the other, the other departments in the area that, and, uh, you know, in order to, to even apply for the, for the firefighting position, you had, you had to be at least a state certified firefighter, uh, and you had to be at least an EMT, if not a paramedic. And what we're finding is uh, sometimes it's harder and harder to find people um, with the two earner incomes and so forth to find the time to go to school mm-hmm. uh, or to find the money, maybe, to uh, go to those schools. Uh, it does cost money to go to, you know, take an EMT course. It does take money uh, to, to go to one of the, the fire academies, uh, either here locally out at the, uh, the local community college or, or down at the uh, state fire college in, in Ocala. <clears throat> And we that's what we're looking for we're looking for i guess you could say we're, we're we are moving more towards uh, that mentality i guess you could say a southwest airlines where we want to hire for your attitude and who you are yeah and then we'll train you for your skills uh, if you sh- if you give me a good great employee with a great attitude happy to be here wants to be here wants to be on the job we can take that individual and mold them into, into Maybe a great hopefully firefighter. Yeah, a citizen or exactly a local, someone that lives at least in the metro area. Exactly, I would we, say half of our guys live outside of the city. Yes, so right. Recruitment is important. We're looking for those those people that have local roots here. They have local family here. They want to be here. And what we found um, in our hiring practices is that we we continually see a a drop in the number of applicants. Uh, every time that we that we have an opening um, and so uh, we believe that some of that uh, could be that um, you know with the having those requirements in place uh, we can loosen those and mm-hmm. then once they're hired we can hire them as a cadet uh, and then we can sponsor them through school and through the uh, the EMT course and then eventually on through um, the paramedic program mm-hmm. even out there and so uh, we will uh, increase our hiring pool tremendously through that. Uh, it also gives us a, a great opportunity to diversify the hiring pool uh, mm-hmm. that's out there, which is something that we're trying to do. And so uh, you're going to hear more about that. Uh, that's not something we're going to keep under a bush. It's, it's something that we're going to widely advertise. Uh, we're in the final, uh, I guess you could say, uh, actions of finalizing that program and, and getting that up and running. And, uh, and, and once that is available um, and those positions are available for hiring, we'll make sure that, that we get that word out. Yeah, that's an exciting program. The only other place I think I'm aware that does that is Pensacola City, maybe? Yeah, here locally, uh, I, I do know that the city of Pensacola has done that. They've done cadet program for years and it's been very, very successful. Yeah. Um, they they find the retainment of employment yes. because of it. and. Yeah. And that's a big one. We we do have some fluctuation. Sure. People that um, come and go, but when you have a local investment, it tends to, um, tends to hold people. Uh, it does. Because of their roots. Yeah. I, I'm an example of that being born and raised here myself. Sure. Right. Yeah. We, we have found that, you know, we get out of town uh, applicants and... And they may be here and they may be gone, you know, in a, in a year or two. And, and if you just don't have the roots and this was a, a stepping stone or a place to, you know, to get your first job or whatever, you're, I think you're much more apt to move on along than if you're someone that's from here, family here, roots here, 
um, the fire departments brought you in and, and uh, you know, made a real good investment in you through the academy and, and medical training. And, and that's what we're shooting for, to get a great employee and, and to get them uh, to stay and have some longevity with the department. And hopefully, uh, like I said, we increase the hiring pool, increase the diversity there, and, and try to get some longevity out of our employees. So we're talking about a cadet program that we send people to school and hopefully employ end of the time period and then there's a separate thing that we're looking at doing called the citizens fire academy yeah it's different very different yeah, yeah. the uh this is something that that the fort walton beach police department has done for years uh they've had a citizens police academy and uh i thought well um wow what a what a great program it is and why are we not doing something here in the fire department and uh, we've been trying to get this off the ground for the last couple of years. We, we uh, were ready to go right before um, the COVID hit and, uh, mm-hmm. and the initial you know, national shutdown took place. And mm-hmm. uh, we were ready to roll that out. And, um, and so obviously with, with everything shutting down and, and, and the lockdowns, we, we uh, did not move forward uh, with the program and then this past year, uh, we were right on the verge of of, uh, of about to try it again, I think, and that's when the Delta mm-hmm. variant of, of COVID-19 kind of rolled out, and, and now we're into the, another variant now, and I'm mm-hmm. crying, and, and, uh, and so, um, but we are, we have decided that we're going to move forward, you know, Florida is... Uh, you know, taking def- definitely across the state the necessary precautions and so forth, and and we decided that um, we're going to do the same when we have classes and courses, and we'll take those safety precautions. But we're we're ready to get it started. The program itself is basically it's it's a learning tool for the community for those mm-hmm. that live uh, in in the city of Fort Walton Beach, and basically it just introduces them to their fire department. It is uh, what we do, who we are, the services we provide, uh, and the main intent is to educate um, our residents and, and uh, on, on those things, mm-hmm. on, the, on the fire department, you know, and, and what it is we do. So those classes will meet uh, about once a week for an hour or so, and uh, a lot of interesting uh, curriculum in that that we think they'll find pretty fascinating. Uh, you know, some overall history about not only the Fort Walton Beach Fire Department, but the American Fire Service in general and, and, mm-hmm. and where it's come and where it started. Uh, again, a lot of the different services that we provide, a lot of the uh, residents are not really aware uh, of all the different right. things that the fire department does uh, nowadays. We will get into the training and certifications that are required for firefighters and, and how we get those and how, how much the firefighters actually do train and prepare for, for responses. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, one of the things I think that they will find uh, interesting, uh, two of them, is, uh, is we're going to get into the budget process, the budget process and cost and how that works. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it's amazing to, to watch uh, individuals when we talk about the resources and tools that we have to use and then we, we share with them sometimes what the cost of those those items are such yes. as fire trucks and cardiac monitors and things mm-hmm. of that nature it's extremely expensive and so uh, we want to educate them you know what what their dollars are, are being spent on what their tax dollars are being spent on our half cent sales tax yeah. uh, and then also 
the life in general of a firefighter. We want to talk about, you know, the firehouse environment, um, our schedule, the chores. What are they doing when they're not responding to calls? We get that question mm-hmm. a lot. Um, <coughs> you'll have to cut that out. <laughs> um, we'll, t- we'll talk about that next. <laughs> yeah, the meals and, and uh, you know, that family environment, uh, uh, the the firefighter family environment, and, uh, and also some of the... Uh, I would say some of the ugly statistics that, that we as firefighters mm-hmm. deal with when it comes to PTSD and suicide and uh, the high cancer rate and the line of duty deaths and mm-hmm. injuries, things of those nature. So yeah. uh, basically it, it is intended for those that want to come out, learn more about the fire department. We will have a fun uh, day at the end where we actually let them uh, pump the fire trucks, put the gear on, uh, extricate on some cars. Uh, we'll run through some drills for those that want to. Uh, definitely nothing dangerous or whatever, right. but actually let them experience uh, just a taste of, of what it is our, our men and women do, you know, each and every day. And we're just looking to build that relationship, you know, with the yeah. community. And, and uh, I've said it over and over and over. We don't want your first experience with the fire department to be when you call 911. Uh, you know, stop in, yeah. visit, see us, see what we're about. Well, I think it's outstanding. Uh some people may view the fire department from a distance like it's not accessible um, when we are completely accessible. Absolutely. You know, um, we are the public servants, so uh, this is their house as much as it is our house. So I'm excited, looking forward to it, getting people in here. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And you you were talking a little bit about different statistics and things that we face on the job and the difficulties and and that, and one of the biggest difficulties of 2021 and 2020 has been this COVID virus. Oh, yeah. um, I don't want to belabor it. There's plenty in the media about it. But if you want to maybe just brief kind of how this, our division is doing, how the city is doing with that, how we're managing it. We've encountered it a little bit, but it's not been detrimental to the organization at this point. Yeah. But it's well, certainly been a challenge. From someone that is freshly coming off their first mm-hmm. dose of COVID uh, right after Christmas, um, yeah, it's it, you know we we've done a, a, a fairly good job I think as an organization, uh, the fire department of uh, keeping our head above water, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with, with the, the vaccinations uh, and all the safety precautions and and things that we've done uh, because the main thing we want to do is we want to keep enough people healthy so that we can keep enough responders on duty. Um, mm-hmm. This uh, this latest variant uh, is, is really hitting, you know, uh, it's extremely contagious. Uh, luckily, the, the data is showing that it's usually not as serious, but mm-hmm. it does require some, um, some isolation and quarantine times for exposures and if you have it. And so at this point, I think the best that we're hoping for as an organization is uh, to keep us from getting it all at the same time, right? And um, because we 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 are you know seeing a steady stream not only of firefighters but but employees across the city that that are contracting uh, you know COVID and and uh, we have a, a couple of our firefighters that hit uh, that it's hit pretty hard mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. you know we're trying to get them well and get them back on the job and. 
Um, but overall, we've we've done a pretty good job of, of maintaining. Uh, we have not found ourselves in a in a real real critical situation where we're having to take any of our response apparatus off duty or anything like that because of a lack of personnel. So, well, I can attest that the duty guys do everything that we can to ensure through safety protocol, masking, gloving, right, um, decontaminating every call. Sure. And when you're doing 15, 20 calls sometimes in a 24-hour period, it can be exhausting. Um, every, that down to, you know, every single 24 hours, twice, they're doing doorknobs and light switches. Yeah. And um, best practice in washing hands. I can't communicate enough to the public how important simply washing your hands and disinfecting is and trying to avoid the virus. I think, I think we've accepted that it's probably going to make its way through every member. But like you said, we're trying to stagger it out, yeah. which is working at this point. Um, you know, it, it just keeps us that moving target. And uh, we all thought that, you know, the vaccine was going to be it. And then, you know, we're finding that, well, you know, not having the vaccine, you know, having the vaccine is not necessarily a thing that will keep you from getting it. And, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an example of that. Mm -hmm. So, and we see many of those that, that have been vaccinated still get the virus. Thank God it's it's not as serious usually yeah. as what we're finding. Recovery is a little bit quicker. Uh, usually uh, a lot quicker. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I'm not going to go down that political path of vax, right. anti-vax right. or anything like right. that. But, uh, you know, we are we are seeing that data. And so, yeah. And, and, and to, so don't forget, some of the most basic stuff that you mentioned is still some of the most effective ways that you mm -hmm. can protect yourself and protect your family. Just good hygiene, hand washing, sterilization of of a common touch areas, and, and wearing a mask when around you know in the public. You know if that's what you would like to do uh, to keep yourself safe. That following local health protocols, the health department for the county, for the state region, that interaction helps. Um, I know our city is updated on a pretty regular basis yeah. on what's going on with that. So. Following those guidelines and those things have definitely helped us manage thus far, and I'm grateful for it because um, it can be a strain. It has been. It's a national discussion in the fire service. A lot of my friends in very large urban centers are really struggling, especially out west in Los Angeles and New York City. Yeah. Particularly are uh, because it's such a large organization struggling. They're running ambulance services, so. It's a bit more prevalent there than it is here. So I'm grateful for that. Well, one more thing I want to talk about is you talked about the cost of doing business earlier, and we've talked about this particular cost before. We're coming up, we're getting really close to receiving the new ladder truck. That is yeah. nearly $1 million in cost, but that cost includes all the tools to the door, relatively speaking, turnkey. So it does sound like a lot up front, but it's... It's the custom-built vehicle and all the tools. I want to overemphasize that to people. Um, it's going on the assembly line this month on the 25th at the Pierce factory in Appleton, Wisconsin. Pierce fire truck is the truck that we're getting, and we're hopefully going to be in receipt of it into our hands, barring no um, other issues, around March 25th. So that's exciting. We could be seeing the new ladder truck on the streets, hopefully, early April um, after we in-process it and in-house we do some building and that sort of thing. So that is really exciting. Uh, I'm personally on the committee on that one, so um, I'm glad to see some pros progress. Uh, people, This has been, I think it's a nine, uh, 
Pete? I would just, Seven to eight month I, process? I, I would round it off to a nice year. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, these trucks, and that goes for really most manufacturers. You're looking at these days, it, it is from this point, it's one year out. Yeah. Um, mostly because I don't know if the public realizes this, but uh, everything down to the stitching on the leather seat is done by hand in America in a factory from scratch. Yeah. So every fire truck you see on the street has been molded and touched by human hands. There is no very minimal automation at the Pierce Fire Truck Factory in Wisconsin and the one down in South Florida. So that takes time. You know, custom work takes time and there's a price tag, but um, it is one of the best tools and pieces of equipment we can get and Obviously, we use it every day. Absolutely. So we've been really satisfied. Our department has been Pierce Fleet's really probably 80s, you know, uh, mid to early 80s, maybe even before that. So no. um, they've been good to us, and we're excited. We're excited to get that on the streets. So really soon, we'll put out more media on that as we get closer. Yeah, we're real excited about that. It, and, and really, it's not just that we're receiving a, a new truck. Um, you know, it's a new aerial. Uh, there's an additional, um, I think, 30 feet, 35 feet or something worth of ladder that's yep. coming on this one. So we get a little bit more vertical reach and, and horizontal reach uh, than we did with our, our previous one. One of the biggest gains that we're getting is that uh, with the replacement of the current ladder truck. That ladder truck is, is new enough that it will, will roll back into a reserve uh, spot which is great for us. We have been, and I think we've talked about it um, on several of the podcasts, but we have been re kind of in a rebuilding phase ever mm -hmm. since the economic downturn that, that started, 07, 08, 09, mm -hmm. and we lost uh, some key players in the department. Uh, we, we lost uh, a pretty significant amount of our reserve fleet, uh, and we're just now mm -hmm. getting back to where we were, you know, 10 or 11 years ago. We Last year, we, we were able to bring our deputy fire chief back on board, which serves a, an extremely important role in the operations of the fire department. Um, and this year, we were able to bring back uh, a fire inspector, which only brings mm -hmm. us to three fire prevention personnel in the entire city, the fire marshal, mm -hmm. and, and this will be two inspectors. We had those positions um, mm -hmm. back in, in 07, 08, and we, and we lost them. And so, uh, you know, we're just now climbing our way back out of that hole from then. Um, we're happy to have those positions back. We're happy to have our fleet making its way mm -hmm. back so that we have adequate numbers of reserve apparatus that are there. And, and for those that don't know what reserve apparatus are, um, inevitably something has to go in for maintenance, whether it's whether it's scheduled or unscheduled, something breaks. So when a fire truck uh, has to go in for maintenance, obviously you have to have something to put in its place. Mm -hmm. And it has to be something that still pumps water and, <laughs> and has firefighting equipment. And, right. uh, and so you have to have a number of reserve trucks and apparatus that you can put in its place. And we have just been lacking for a while with adequate numbers of that. And so uh, this is gonna bring us back and help out tremendously with that also. What was the average replacement on apparatus in the budgeted plan? Typically, uh, we're we're getting back. You know, there's there, while there's no hard fast uh, formula on that. The rule of thumb is that usually somewhere between five to ten years, you mm -hmm. you try to get an apparatus depending on use. You know, and, and your location, 
um, five to ten years out of a frontline piece of apparatus and then put it into reserve and then hopefully you can get another five or ten out of it there before you before you retire it yeah, the hope and what we what we've what's happened with us here locally is that, you know, we we are prone to storms, we are prone to hurricanes. We've had to call in additional personnel a few times as precautionary measures, but uh, you know, uh, we we barely missed Hurricane Michael, uh, yeah, just a, a, a little while back. And had that been here, we truly didn't have the resources. Uh, we have the bodies, the firefighters here, but we don't have the reserve apparatus to put them on mm -hmm. uh, when you bring in the extra extra personnel. And so uh, this is great for us. It's, it's great we're getting the new uh, new aerial truck, new ladder truck with, with much safer and additional capabilities. And it's also great that we're going to be able to uh, put a very um, uh, fairly reliable um, reserve apparatus into our reserve fleet. So. Yeah, that's a big deal. Our current engine apparatus backup, I think, is it's 2002 or four, but it's... 2004 yeah, well, is it's, what we it, have now, yeah. It's coming up and it's beat, you know, our trucks uh, move a lot. We yeah. do a lot of calls. And so it has a toll on these big heavy trucks uh, running out uh, from multiple emergencies a shift. So. Um, yeah, that that is great that we're finally getting back to that reserve status. The public really doesn't understand how important that is, even as recent as today having some issues with sure. the ladder truck. It's going to have to go to the shop next week. So mm -hmm. with that being said, we, we have to get back into the one reserve truck that we have right now. So at right. least this will give us two. Hopefully in the next two years, right. another engine will be on the horizon, and then that will really put us at a true, because you want one reserve per piece of equipment on average, correct? As a uh, safety factor, we try to get to yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a one per one. And then there's actually some, some guidelines that, uh, you know, is actually in the ISO mm -hmm. about those things. And we try to remain within within that within that compliance. But again, it's a, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the health of your and age of your fleet and, mm -hmm. you know, depending on, on those things and uh, how many reserve apparatus you need, and we we uh, thanks to our, our our supportive council, we've really turned things around. Yes. Over the past, I would say four, five, six years, uh, and and getting some some newer apparatus in here. Uh, the we've been very pleased with with ten eight and Pierce Manufacturing and and what we brought in here. Uh, these are workhorse fire trucks, mm -hmm. and, you know, not really a lot of frills or whatever, but built to last. And, yep. And uh, so we're really excited about it, and, and we're happy that, that we're getting uh, not only uh, better equipment in, but we're also uh, having a much better uh, complement of reserve apparatus also to take their place in, in cases of disasters and, and maintenance and so forth. Well, it's a lot coming up in 22. Yes. The plate's full. Hopefully we won't be derailed by any more <laughs> increase in uh, <laughs> natural disasters and, and that. So... Um, Anyways, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to 2022 and excited about these developments. Hopefully you are too. Uh, this is going to wrap up our series today right at the about 27-minute mark. That is our goal, 30 minutes each time. So, again, thank you for listening and tuning in, and um, hopefully you got a little something out of this on the most recent updates. We're going to get back to the once every couple weeks uh, a topic matter for you guys Once now that we're through the holidays and into this new year. So, um, you guys have a great day or evening, whatever time you're listening, and we will catch up real soon. Thanks for listening.